Ever created. You know, you know where this belongs? With Rebecca Black's Friday. This is the greatest country song of all time. Don't hate. It's grown on me. Trash. It grew on me. I, so I, I'll admit, it grew, it grew on me, and uh, I'm feeling it. And you know what? I, I feel like this is no better way to, to stoke the fire a little bit, but have Steven literally sit there and wait to have to talk about a certain thing that happened, which we will get to. But first... This is the Last Word Podcast. I am Angelo Lippa. I'm Steve Artabello. Episode 43. Damn. The number 43 has uh, some... Oh, it had to be. It had to. I didn't even... You know what's funny? I wrote that down in my notes, and I didn't even take that in. There you go. I've already made Steve angry within the first minute and change of the show. It's amazing. The, the episode yeah. number and the music selection. It's just, just perfect. It's, it's it's just perfect for this for this time of the time of the day. But um, wherever you are listening, whether it be on uh, Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, uh, wherever you get your podcast, we hope you subscribed. We appreciate you if you do. And if you're just joining us, lots of stuff. Steven's angry. And rightfully so. I don't. I you know. I I, I understand why. And uh, we will get to Stevens' anger very very shortly. But we'll start with happy news for Steven because Stevens has got some happy news for us for the Blue Jays. The number one prospect in all of baseball, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will be making his Major League Baseball debut this Friday. I can't fucking wait against the Oakland Athletics. It is going to be a ama- Vladdy is here. I we we drove to Buffalo. Me and Angelo went to Buffalo. Angelo and I, if you want to be grammatically correct, <laughs> traveled to the great city of Buffalo. It's a beautiful city. Indulged in some delicious chicken wings, and watched Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit baseballs harder than I've ever heard anyone hit a baseball, including one that left the stadium. It wasn't even a home run. It was a foul ball that he literally hit out of the park. Which was amazing. I'm Which, if you've actually been to Buffalo, you will understand that that's even more impressive, considering how high the roof is, like down the foul line. It was pretty ridiculous. But he's finally here. He had a oblique strain, and you know service time issues. That's really why he wasn't here yet. It was more the service time than the oblique strain. But he's going to start. He's most likely going to hit like sixth. They're going to ease him into it. Rightfully so, I think. But he's finally here, and the Jays haven't been awful. No, and this is, and it's sort of kind of what we talked about in our our preview when we did do a preview of the AL East. And I said to you, I'm like, you know, if the Jays start off okay, and they get Vladdy Jr. into this lineup at some point, whenever that, was, and we talked about it being potentially end of April, where we are, or mm-hmm. beginning of May, that he would make his season debut, his major league debut, that this would be the spot in, in around this area. And it's happened. And he's going to play for the Toronto Blue Jays. And where will he play? Well, third base. Third base, probably. He's going to start there. We'll see if he can hang. He's going to DH a little bit. They've already said because they're going to give him days off. You're not going to have him at 20 years old play every single day, which normally you would at 20 years old. But when you're a bigger boy, 
They're going to try and give him the rest, keep him healthy for a full season. But I can't fucking wait to actually get to see this. Like, to get to see this live. And I'm going to a game on Saturday with some of my buddies. We had already planned to go to this game. And now we get to see Vladdy. And I can't wait. Steven has been waiting a long time for this. I've been waiting over a year for this moment. <laughs> like a year. A long, a, a long, long, long year. Since he hit that dinger in Montreal last year. Yeah. About 13 months ago. And MLB on Fox, they uh, released a sort of a hype oh, video. That hype video was and fire. It is a fire hype video, I might say. If you go on the Facebook account of MLB on Fox, you will find it. And trust me, you will not be disappointed by it because it is actually phenomenal. And... Vladdy joins some other big name prospects who were Baseball America's number one ranked prospect. Yep. In the pipeline, Chris Bryant. Uh, who was the other one? Andrew Benatendi was another guy. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, oh my God, what the hell's his name? Ronald Acuna Jr. was oh, the one. Oh, yeah, last year. Last year. Like all these guys have, have come up and dominated mm-hmm. or been studs on their team where they've helped their teams to playoffs and so on and so forth. Andrew Benatini was given, he's already on a pretty good baseball team to begin with, so it helps him. But for the Blue Jays, I think this is a big boost to their offense. He oh, it's is, massive. He, you know, we, we, we've said Vladdy is the AL MVP, uh, sorry, not AL MVP, AL rookie of the year yeah. in our prediction show. And I can't see why he wouldn't be the way he hits the stitches. And I don't mean the baseball, the stitches off the baseball. Look at what Fernando Tatis Jr. is doing in San Diego. Now, granted, that man plays excellent defense. <laughs> Vladdy is not going to be a shortstop, and he ain't playing that kind of defense. Vladdy's the better hitter. Oh, yeah. And you're already watching this kid dominate the major leagues. This is going to be fun. With them sitting three games below 500 at 11 and 14. I think he's going to make up for those three three wins more than anything and will just be on this rocket ship. I've called this the rocket ship. The Vladdy ship, we'll call it, I guess. The Vladdy Jr. ship, where they will be on a ride that a lot of fans, hopefully, in Toronto at least, will enjoy and will usher in the next era of Toronto Blue Jays baseball because, you know, the last one is done and over with yep the jd edwin Encarnacion, joey bats the jose like that that era has passed Mm -hmm. you saw it last year that was the death of that era yeah but this is the rebirth Mm -hmm. i know bo broke his hand probably weren't seeing him anyways this year it was a long shot it was a big it was a very 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 big exactly but vlad you you've already started seeing kids alfred got a small taste Mm -hmm. rowdy telez is still here vladdy uh, what's his name? The oh, the son of the Biggio. That's it. Yeah, Biggio. I forgot about. He's tearing yeah. it up in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. He also happens to play second base. Oh, he plays a lot of positions, but mm-hmm. second base primary. Lourdes Guriel, who couldn't throw a baseball, cannot only throw baseballs in in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. He is hitting dingers like yeah. it's his job. Which really, that's yeah. he was down in Buffalo. He's an too offensive over we there. Yes, he I'm was not mistaken. Yes, he was. Huh. And so was we actually got to see a hell of a we, lineup. We saw a lot, and we saw a better lineup in Buffalo than we did in Toronto. I know. Well, that was, it, but that was kind of the point at the, that point of the season. Yeah, exactly. And you know, for the Blue Jays, we will see how you know this affects them going now, going now through the month of May, and as they charge through the regular season, because and you weren't really supposed to be here because Boston wasn't supposed to be this bad, and neither was New York. But like your Yankees are dead. 
Like everyone is hurt. Everyone's, everyone. Do you know what's up? You call up. You call up Clint Frazier to cover for Aaron Judge. Clint Frazier's now. Everyone's hurt. Do you know? Do you know what's up? It's the team that we watched down in Trent, down in Buffalo. Actually, yes, it is. It's funny that minus you, your boy well, Ryan McBroom. Well, free, free to Broom. Well, I think Broom is next because the way everyone's getting hurt is they that actually have no one left on their forty-man roster. Yeah, it's insanity. Like they have, they're gonna have to add. They did the, the last time this happened. Mm-hmm. They had to add someone to call up, which means they have to DFA some like or move someone to the sixty-day. D- it's craziness. No, it's 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 been insanity for the Yankees. With the amount of injury, I can, I honestly cannot believe it. It's not even just the amount; it's the amount to key players. Because yeah. it's not like a bunch of like, oh, we lost like three Ronald Torreses, like oh, no. whoop de doo. It's like Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, Severino, <laughs> like anyone that means anything is hurt. Funny. Speaking of the Yankees, uh, they apparently just acquired Cameron Mabin. Oh God! And that and that's the shoe to drop that's because the- they needed a body. To aid the alien elf. And they'll have no problem DFAing him eventually. Yeah, because John Car- he's Cameron, maybe. Like, Stanton, Stanton was hurt, and then Aaron Judge got hurt over the weekend. And then at, in the same process, Clint Frazier got hurt. Now he was saying, I'm going to play through it. And then the Yankees were like, then he's like, no, 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 no. We're putting you on the DL, and you'll hopefully be back in 10 days. We need you to rest up because we currently have an elf. Now they want, the, the Yankees have managed to win baseball games. With DJ LeMayu. Yeah, your boy. And Mike Ford. Mike Ford. And wow. Luke Voigt. With the Luke just, Voigt, though, yeah. Luke Voigt's all just all just power. Swag. All swag. He's in New York. And hopefully they will start to get a little bit healthy. Gary Sanchez came back last night, finally. Uh, you know, a little bright spot in the hopefully return of everyone else. Giancarlo got a setback, but it's been it's been rough, but they're hanging and it's April. If you finish above April, if you, sorry, if you finish above 500 in the month of April, I take that as a W considering all the injuries to such key players. Aaron Hicks is another guy. He's been hurt Luis, since day one. Yeah, Luis Severino, like Dylan Batances is another guy in the bullpen. Like there's so many. Chad Green just got optioned to AAA because Chad Green's been bad. He's been so bad. Two years of lights out, and this year he yeah. can't get anybody Something, out. Probably at all. an injury. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if he's injured too. At this <laughs> point, I'm not surprised yeah. by anybody injured. This is true. But. We'll see what happens with uh, the call-up of Vlad Guerrero Jr. I'm sure we will so talk excited. about it next week so when excited. we break down the uh, the debut of him. Uh, moving on to crazier things, crazier things being the Oakland Raiders. Um, <laughs> tonight, um, we're actually a little late on our, our submission of the podcast. So when you listen to this, the first round of the draft will have happened because I won't be posting it till Friday. So you'll be listening to this and you'll be thinking, you, you can dissect what we are saying. Yeah. And we're going to talk about a certain team that happened has happened to have three first round picks. Mm-hmm. Theirs, Dallas's, and Chicago. Mm-hmm. Now, there have been rumblings. You know, they're sitting at four. You know, usually a nice a nice spot to be in if you're a, a team like the Raiders. You're going to get a quality player with the fourth overall yeah, pick. They're rebuilding. Now they've been. <laughs> Linked to Kyler Murray because Arizona doesn't really know what they're doing. It's kind of a, it's really a toss up at this point with Arizona. We don't know. Everyone seems to think Kyler Murray, but mm-hmm. there's still there's it's, still this faction of people that believe that mm-hmm. this is just a smokescreen, specifically directed at John Gruden and Mike Mayock, or maybe it's not directed at them. Maybe it's directed at another team who's desperate need for a quarterback right now. Okay, who. Desperately traded away everything for another quarterback who won a Heisman Trophy. 
Robert Griffin III. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about the Washington Redskins because right now they don't have a starting quarterback. Nope. Their starting quarterback, unfortunately, was hurt week 15, if I'm not mistaken, or oh, week 14. Alex Smith, yeah. The Alex Smith. That leg break. In the leg break that might have ended his career. Yep. We don't know yet, but it no sounds pretty like he almost lost the leg. Yeah. So we, it, it doesn't sound like we'll, we'll see Alex Smith back in the NFL, but you never know that, you know, it's modern technology. Modern medicine is very. And he plays football, and usually football players are a little crazy. Yeah, just a little, a little crazy. But maybe this is all part of the plan. Maybe they feel that we can trade down, try and build our defense, which has been gutted. Mm-hmm. There's really only one player left on it, and it's Patrick Peterson. No, two. Chandler Jones is pretty good. Chandler Jones is okay, but, but that's it. That's, that's really, it's those two guys. It's really it. They're an old, a bunch of guys named who? Yeah, they're a very old defense. They're a very old offense. Their O line's not very good. So you're not giving your quarterback who you you drafted in at eleven. I think I think was higher than that. I think he was in the top ten. Might have been top ten wherever you drafted him last year. And now you think you're going to draft another they one. They actually traded up to draft him, too. Yeah. Like, like to point that out. Like, don't be doing anything crazy here. Let's, 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 let's run it back. Let's give Josh Rosen some time to let's, develop. Let's protect him. And, and hey, hey, you know what's great? Remember when their offensive coordinator got fired because he refused to run the ball with David Johnson? Yeah. Like, you're going to get Byron Leftwich is down there. He's gonna. He's, he's, he, once for, they gave him the reins of the offense, it yeah, actually started looking yeah. like a normal offense. So a full year with 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 Byron Leftwich, you have Cliff Kingsbury now as the head coach. Uh, he, I don't know about that. Well, I don't know. He is the head coach. I just don't know how good of a head coach he is. We're gonna find out. Considering but, in college he couldn't win with Baker Mayfield, I know, or Kyler Murray, and got fired from his alma mater, which is hard to do. Yeah, but you, I, I you know, it's hard to it's hard to say what's gonna happen there. But you want to try and build around this franchise quarterback who you supposedly drafted that a couple weeks ago was being rumored to be wanting to be traded away for a second-round pick. You drafted him in the first round. You drafted him in the top 10. Why are you going to trade him away? Why? Like, that makes and for a second-round second round pick? What? Like, because like, he, he's a young kid? Are you, like, do, do we need to remind you of, of a certain, like, Jared Goff? Remember what he looked like? Carson Wentz didn't look except, like he wasn't like the first couple games were, but the rest of the yeah. season was. Like he wasn't burning the place on fire, but he had a better team in front of him. Whoa, way better. Yeah. Okay, and Arizona's not that good of a team. There's a reason why. Again, for a second year in a row, you can you can fluke with a with a decent defense, three wins, and then probably your quarterback will win you a game or two. So you finish five and whatever. They were one. Of the, they were the worst team in football. There's a reason why they're picking first. Yeah, it's not just because of the quarterback. It's because you have other positions of need. So maybe for Arizona, this makes sense. Let's trade down. We get acquire more picks. This is a defense-heavy draft. There's a lot of good defensive players. And there's a lot of teams that are going to do stupid things, like yeah. quarterbacks that probably shouldn't go in the first round. Yeah, mainly all of them. This is not a good draft class for quarterbacks. This is, in fact, probably the worst since like the Jeff Locker uh, oh, that, wow. that's Christian Ponder, yeah. like that type of class bad. Where oh, everybody man, was just drafting. Right. They were drafting. They were just taking quarterbacks. Because, hey, we need a quarterback. None of these quarterbacks were, were any of relevance in the NFL. A lot of them were probably out, what, within a year, like within three years of, of being drafted? Well, some of them were bad, but because the teams that they got drafted by were good, they got, they got like dragged around for a couple of years. Like, it was. 
It was Ponder played for a while because that those Viking teams were good. Um, Jeff Locker kept getting hurt, and he eventually retired because essentially he just destroyed his throwing shoulder. I think he tore his labor more than once. That draft had okay. Uh, let me rephrase it. Sorry, a little bit here. Okay, they did have Cam Newton. Cam Newton's a good. Okay, quarter. he won one. Okay, but then again, it's it falls into this category of what exactly this draft is. Von Miller, Marcel Darius, AJ Green, Patrick Peterson, Julio, damn, Alden, who's a dummy, but Alden then Smith, yeah, <laughs> Jeff Locker, Blaine Gabrick, oh, Christian Ponder, who else was in this one? That was it in the first round, I think. Who else was? Who else was a bad? Pretty bad, considering Blaine Gabbert's Andy the only Dal- one still in the Andy league. Andy Dalton and, and Colin Kaepernick are probably besides Cam the best th- two quarterbacks, and they were drafted in the second the, the second round. So that tells me that this is going to be a problem draft, and and there are teams desperate for quarterbacks. I don't believe that Oakland. I I don't believe that John Gruden and Mike Mayock like Derek Carr. No. Okay. It's it's and it's you can see it. Okay, and they don't even trust their scouts. That's one of the most the, ridiculous stories the, I've ever the heard. Sca- the, the craziest thing because when you watch the dra- when you're watching the draft tonight, or now that you're listening to this, you, when you watch the draft, it's the mo- it's probably going to be the most awkward thing in the world. Watching two grown men, maybe Mark Davis and a couple of buddies in the draft room. That's it. No scouts. No nothing. So dumb. And Orlando Alzaguerra, who writes for The Athletic and does a show on SiriusXM, and he's down in Miami as well, covers the Dolphins and everything. And he was talking about, you know, that John Gruden is talking about John Gruden and saying how he doesn't trust the scouts. And he's like, do you, th- like, these these scouts, it's a small-knit community. So if they talk, if they, if you think they're trying to sabotage you, they'd be only sabotaging themselves because word in the community about guys sabotaging another GM gets around really quick. And they won't have a job ever in football ever again because no GM will be able to trust it. So the fact that you can't trust the scouts, that, by the way, contract end after every draft. A scout's contract starts after the draft, the day after the draft until the next year. Get out there and get scouting. Yeah. Do you think that, like, what do you, you could have fired them last year, brought in your own guys, started this whole process again. Bingo. But instead, you brought all these guys back, and now apparently you don't trust them enough to have them in the room. So when Mike Mayock, who's never been a GM in the NFL in his entire career, and you, who's never been a good person to draft, period, we've seen your draft history a la the Tampa Bay Buccaneers destruction. Okay? Not good. Not very good. Do you think when that clock, that 15-minute clock is running, when you're when somebody trades up with the, the San Francisco 49ers, the Arizona Cardinals, the New York Jets, who all have these three top picks, and they take your player. Mm-hmm. And you're sent scrambling. You're like you don't have a scout to be there and be like, "Hey, tell me my what S- this guy looked my like." My SEC scout or my Big Ten scout or ACC or Pac-12 scout or little-known college in Butte, Iowa. <laughs> I don't know. I just I love Butte. It's great. Why? I don't know. Butte, Iowa. It's a great okay. place. Who knows? All right, but. You don't have that there. And Orlando talked about a story that back when the Dallas Cowboys were assembling their super team here back in the 90s with Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson didn't like Troy Aikman. But Gil Brandt went to bat for Troy Aikman. He pounded the table. 
constantly for Troy Aikman. Said you gotta draft him. You gotta draft. You gotta draft. You gotta draft him. And they drafted him. And they clearly made the right decision because they won Super Bowls with him. Mm-hmm. There's no scout there to tell you what this person's gonna be. You're just gonna go off some notes. You're not gonna ask him like what's his, what's up here. What's up in the in the mind or what's in the heart? Like, what do he, his coaches say about like, him? Is does he have like? There's always this thing like, you know, if a guy's a nice player and he and he works hard and everything, what happens if he's a dick off the field and doesn't get along with guys in the room? Yep. He has a birthday party and no one comes to his birthday party. <laughs> you know, draft day, draft day, what, like shit like that. <laughs> this is this is what it is. It's two media guys who have never had to, like. A GM usually, Reggie McKenzie made these decisions. Reggie McKenzie was used to this. He's been in drafts room. He's done all this. Mike Mayock used to sit on a podium up top over everything with no pressure. Could look at his, and be like. Not just no pressure, but no one to call him on his mistakes the next year because all he got to do was be like, this is my top of whatever. And then the next year, there's a new top. No one gets to call you on, yeah. why did this guy bust? Why did you have this guy over that guy? Why didn't you see this coming? Uh, it, it's going to be real interesting for Mike Mayock because now people are going to remember. Now, now it means Wikipedia, something. Wikipedia has all the draft picks. <laughs> we can go back and we can go look at all the Oakland Raider draft picks, all these other teams' draft picks, and see where they missed, where they hit home runs, and where they might have just dropped the ball completely and missed on a Hall of Fame talent. Like This is a very difficult, difficult situation to be in. And if I'm Raiders fans... You have three first-round picks. The chances of the Raiders fucking up the three first-round picks is high. Be afraid, Raiders Nation. Yeah. Be very afraid. All right? You don't, like, and the rate they're like, expect the Raiders, like, literally, there's a tweet out there that says from, I think it's Daniel Jeremiah. It says, the, it's, it's talked about that the Raiders are going to do something unexpected. Don't expect <laughs> them to go with whatever you think it might be. Hey, they're going to go complete opposite. And you know what? Dwayne Haskins' name has has popped up. Oh my god! Big arm quarterback. You know how the Raiders are. They love the big arm quarterbacks. Like they like the fast. Well, that was Al Davis. Yeah. The well, the speedy wide receiver. The Darius Hayward Bades of the world. And the Jamarcus Russells. Yeah. And what happens if they decide that we're not going to draft an edge rusher? We're not going to draft Josh Allen, the edge rusher. Or Ed Oliver or Quinnen Williams or maybe Nick Bosa if he happens to fall that far. Or Kyler Murray's not there. Nick Bosa ain't getting past two. Yeah, I know he's not getting And if he does, whoever... The Jets are going to run up there. They're going to run up. Oh, yeah. All right? You know how like they have 15, 15 minutes? Yeah. It'll say 14-52. Yeah. Because it'll take them eight seconds to run. You're going to just start seeing like the GH jump over people? It's like, <laughs> Roger! <laughs> Roger! The pick is in! <laughs> He's like screaming it from the back of the draft. Yeah. Bosa! <laughs> I'm going to call this now. And, you know, them picking Devin White wouldn't be a, a bad pick, but it fills the need. So it's not oh, yeah. an unexpected pick. Quinn and Williams, any of these like Ed Oliver types, Josh Allen's not a bad pick. Why do I have a feeling that the Oakland Raiders are going to draft a running back with that pick? The ultimate, unexpected, the ultimate unexpected. The ultimate unexpected. I could see it. And I could only see it because like they are so ri- like It's so ridiculous. It's John Gruden yeah. and Mike Mayock. Who and the, the way fuck knows what's going to And the way they'll look at it be like, 
well, we get a running back and we can get our, our two defensive players on the other side of these other two picks. We'll replace, we'll use the Amari Cooper pick that we got from Dallas on a corner and we'll just get some edge rusher from college because you can replace any edge rusher. Oakland? It could be hard to replace Khalil Mack. Yeah. That's why you finished last in sacks. That's why Khalil Mack had more sacks than your entire team as a whole. He's kind of good. Kind of good. So Raider Nation, be scared. Remember what I talked about. Is who do you trust? Do you trust the Steelers or do you trust the Raiders? And I always tell you, trust the team that you know we got you got coming. And nobody <laughs> can trust the Raiders because history is on, not on the Raiders' side. And it's going to end bad. And we're going to be laughing about it because it's going to be the same old Raiders. And you think Vegas is going to be so happy to get a 2-14 and 14 team? Oh, no. They got the Vegas Golden Knights. And we'll get to them, too. But at least they're competing. They made the Stanley Cup final in, in their year first one. year. You think and they're, they're an expansion team. Makes no sense. Quickly, what what would you like your Atlanta Falcons to do in this draft to address? They desperately need defense. Desperately. They could use an offensive lineman or two, but mm-hmm. in general, the offensive line's pretty good. They desperately need defense. Mm-hmm. There's rumors that they're looking to trade up. Mm-hmm. There's rumors that they like Devin White. I mean, they have Deion Jones, but you know what? You want to take Devin White, who's yeah. basically his, like, kind of like Deion Jones. Cool. I'm fine with it. <laughs> Works for me. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do because it's going to, it's basically going to depend on what is available to them. I believe it's 14. 14, yeah, for them. Um, unless they do end up moving up. Yeah. But it's going to basically be who's there. They yeah. need defensive line. Uh, they need linebackers. Like, they really need Ed Rushers. Mm-hmm. And they could use another corner. Yeah. They we'll play see a, what happens. They play a 4 They play three. a 4-3, yeah. So there are options for them along the defensive line. Uh, Christian Wilkins from Clemson. Yeah. Could be an option. Um, Plus Grady Jarrett's on the franchise tag. He's yeah. also said he wants Aaron Donald money. That's not happening. No. So maybe you take a defensive tackle to yeah. be his replacement. You have um, the edge rusher down from Florida State, uh, Brian Burns. Hopefully he's not Artie Burns, <laughs> you would hope. Or even um, Rashawn Gray. Rashawn Gary, oh, sorry. I'd, from I'd Michigan. Very big boy. Gary. Big, nice boy for, for the Raiders or potentially, where's another guy? Uh, Jeffrey Simmons from Mississippi State. Those are a couple of guys along the defensive line who could potentially help the Atlanta Falcons. So that's kind of what I'm looking at yeah. as a defensive lineman. Because I can't see them going safety or cornerback. I think they would wait till potentially the, the second, third well, round got, to address. You, like Ken O'Neill tore his ACL in the second game of the season. Yeah. So he's going to be back. Mm-hmm. Like You know he's going to be back, ready to go this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deion Jones is back. Yeah. Trufant's back. You got rid of Robert Alford, thank God, because he can't do anything other than take yeah. holding or illegal contact penalties because you need to put boxing gloves on him, apparently, mm-hmm. to play corner. Uh, but yeah, the, what their biggest need is they need to pressure the quarterback because Vic Beasley hasn't done that in two seasons. Mm-hmm. And Tack, when he's healthy, is good at it, but he's not healthy all the time. So you need to add to that defensive line. Mm-hmm. That would probably be number one. Yeah. We'll see so. what happens from there. I think but you so. need defense. That's the you focus. Need <laughs> that offense, yeah. you got enough pieces. You're good. Well, like your Atlanta Falcons, my uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, they pick at number 20, a little low in the draft for looking for impact. Um, A lot of mock drafts have had them going corner. 
rightfully so. Some have had safety, and I kind of laugh at that fact because they drafted Terrell Edmonds last year. They a couple of years ago, Sean Davis. Like everybody was, everybody's tried to write off Terrell Edmonds, and I'm just like, just remember, Troy Polamalu didn't play a lot in his first year, and it was a next year sort of development, and he played. He's Big boy, big safety. I was just about to say, he's a very large safety, so a lot of it is just getting him yeah. used to the NFL. I will wait to pass judgment on this on Terrell Edmonds, and I can't see the Steelers drafting. Plus, they have other corners in their uh, – sorry, other safeties. They addressed the cornerback position in free agency. Not, like, completely addressed it, but they went and got uh, Steven Nelson from the Kansas City Chiefs. Not the best, but he's still they better than – They got a guy. They got a guy who's better than Cody Sensabaugh or – the bus that is already burns. I don't know what happened to him. Just, just cruising poo. around and then poo. just poo. Oof. poo. Oof. That's what he is. You, at least they have Joe Hayden. Your boy. Thank God they have Joe Hayden because if they didn't have Joe Hayden, we'd be in some. God, the Browns cut him or else. Yeah. Thank God. Good luck uh, there. A lot of mod. So, so Greedy Williams is one. One that has now popped up is Rock Yuns. Rock Ya Sin from Temple. Big cornerback. Great name. Great name. <laughs> Well, but if I'm going, if if he falls, if if a couple of players fall, specifically at this position, and it's tight end, because the Steelers did lose Jesse James, and it is one of their offense's weaker spots, I'd say. I could see them drafting Noah Fant if he's there out of Iowa, or if he falls, which would be a Christmas and Hanukkah miracle. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson. We'll see. From another one from Iowa. We'll see. Those are the two. Those are like winging a prayer. Those are the two. But we'll, we'll see what happens. But if those two players aren't there, I would like them to go safety personally. Safety. Uh, sorry, not safety. Corner. Oh, okay, there we go. Maybe Greedy. Maybe Byron Murphy from Washington. Or Rockyans. Rockyasin. Who knows? <laughs> I, I, I He shot up draft boards mysteriously in the last two days. How tall is he? Because you said a big corner. Six one, I think he was, but two something. And I'm like, yeah, he's a big boy. He's a big fella. He's probably he's, it's probably the measurables and people just projecting what he could be. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, uh, good luck today in the draft to everybody. It's it's always the time of year that it gives every team hope that this guy might be the franchise changer. Yeah, this could be the guy that helps you turn it around, yeah. or you know. But you never know. It's the NFL. It might be a. Wa- I think this is going to be the wackiest thing we'll ever see, probably in draft history. Some shit's gonna happen. Yeah, tonight. I feel like it. I feel like the Oakland Raiders are gonna do something stupid today. It's great, you know. Like, I hope so because make San- for entertainment. Antonio, San- Antonio Holmes, when you know he, uh, it's time to he in Super Bowl forty three says it's time to be great. I wonder if John Gruden woke up this morning. He's like, it's time to fuck up a draft. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he said that, but we'll see. We will see. Uh, moving on to the NBA playoffs. We'll start in the Western Conference before we head over to the East. Um, still games going on Still in the games West. going on in the West. Uh, Denver currently up 3-2 to two on Sacramento. Playing them tonight. Sorry, not Sacramento. Uh, Sa- uh, San, San Antonio. Antonio. Excuse me. Playing them tonight, I believe. Yeah, they're playing them tonight. Potentially could be the Should end that series. series ender, but we will see. Um, it's probably been the best series, most competitive series because of both teams being, you know, solid NBA yeah, teams. Yeah. Like you have Denver, Pop on one side, obviously, and Denver, you know, this up-and-coming young Denver's kind of like the Raps when they first made the playoffs and got eliminated by Brooklyn, except the Raptors never had Nikola Jokic. Yes. The Raptors didn't even have someone like Jamal Murray. Yeah. 
So that Denver team is in the learning phase. They're incredibly talented. They're very young, and all of those guys are locked up <laughs> or on rookie deals. So they're going to be here for a while. Yeah. This is the type of thing. They're going to fight through, struggle through this series, probably get eliminated in the second round, and then build on that. Yeah. I see them getting past the Spurs, though. It's a miracle. That pop, it's, well, it's pop. It's pop being pop yeah. that this team has gotten this far. Yeah. Uh, the other series, the, the team that's actually waiting for the winner of this San Antonio and Denver series, the Portland Trailblazers oh. annihilating the Oklahoma City Thunder. And Damian and, Lillard. Like, I used to use this for Aaron Rodgers, but he's a bad man. He's cold-blooded. If you haven't seen that clip, do you enjoy sports? Because I don't know if you do. Man. And if you haven't. Look it up. Damian Lillard crosses half court. He's basically at the logo and hits a step back, like 40 footer for the win in Paul George's face. While Russell Westbrook watches on the side. And then proceeded to wave goodbye. The Portland Trail That's Blazers. the most cold-blooded thing. Oh, I think. my God. Just to wave goodbye. Just to say bye. See you later. Have a nice trip. And Russell Westbrook continues his, his losing streak of not being able to win without anybody because uh, since Kevin Durant has left OKC, Russell Westbrook has yet to get over the hump of winning a playoff series. You want to hear an even better stat? His bad shooting percentage? Since, no, he was his, since KD left the Warriors. The Warriors since he left the OKC Thunder, mm-hmm. the Thunder are yet to win a road playoff game. Just wanted to throw that one out there. Well, you know, Westbrook's an incredible talent, and a lot of people, because of his triple double ability, put him in that upper echelon of players. But I think it is time to start having a conversation about Damian Lillard because. He doesn't get enough love, one, because he's on the West Coast, and two, he doesn't play in California. He plays in Portland. Exactly. And when when you're a point guard and when you have Chris Paul in Houston, well, here's the thing. It's guards in general now, the way that they vote stuff in. So you have James Harden, Chris Paul, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and your boy Russ. Dame doesn't even make all-star teams consistently. Yeah. He hasn't been an all-star starter. Think yeah. about that. And Russ is, you know, all-NBA first-team point guard quite often because of his triple-doubles. But when you turn the ball over like Russell Westbrook does and you're as unefficient offensively as he is, it's kind of hard to win with you. This is a guy that couldn't pass the ball to Kevin Durant, who might be the greatest scorer in NBA history. Think about a seven-foot guy that can do everything. That's Kevin Durant. And Russell Westbrook couldn't share. Think about that. This playoff, he he averaged eight field goals made for 22 attempted. That's That's 36%. That's atrocious. That's not from three. That's in general. Shot 32% from three. He's not a good three-point shooter. Average of four and a half turnovers. 
four and a half turnovers. He probably I love, averaged a triple double, didn't he? Probably. But he still averaged four and a half turnovers. Ten assists. Yeah. Total rebounds? No, he did not. Oh. Because he only had eight and a, eight point eight rebounds. So he was close. It's close, but in that but costing uh, his team in the playoffs. This is the thing. You have to play one defense, two team basketball. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know why the you know what makes the Golden State Warriors so good is that they share the ball. Mm-hmm. They have three legit all stars in Clay, KD, and Steph. You add in Draymond, who doesn't ask for the ball a lot. He's more of the defensive. Well, he runs the he he doesn't take the shot. Mm-hmm. He runs the offense. Yeah, when so, they're in their yeah. their death lineup kind of thing. There is a reason why they are so successful. Okay. Them playing team ball should be an indication to the rest of the NBA that you need to be a team player. You need to work as a team. Do you know why the Portland Trailblazers won this series? Because they played team basketball. And in the NBA, if you don't play team basketball, if you play hero ball, it's not going to work. You're not going to win. And in the NBA, you're measured by... The number of championships you win. That is why there's always this debate about LeBron and, and, and MJ. That's why KD went to the Warriors, yeah. was to get a ring. To get the ring. To learn how to win, too. He wasn't going to win with Russ. God, God no. We've because, seen that story. Yeah, we've seen this story, and it's not working for them. You replace KD with Paul George, <laughs> who's better defensively but not as good offensively yeah. because there's really no one who's as good offensively yeah. as KD. <laughs> and you still can't get it done. Yeah. And it's another guy who plays off the ball, who doesn't demand the ball because you can't with Russ. It's not possible. Yeah. Well, I have a feeling this Portland team could potentially go to the, the Western Conference Finals. They might put they'll, they'll put up a fight against Golden State. It'll be tough, but it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Now, uh, Golden State. Speaking of Golden State, speaking of Golden State, I was about to get to them. Go ahead, sir. Up three one. Familiar number for the Golden State Warriors. Three two one. In their series against the LA Clippers. They lost last night. And Steven had an interesting stat about the Golden State Warriors. Golden State Warriors haven't lost two games at home since going up 3-1 on the Cavs <laughs> and losing that series. Now, I'm not saying the Clippers are going to beat the Warriors in the first round. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think it's very interesting that this team who lost a lot of their depth, who then took the money and instead of signing depth, signed Boogie Cousins, which, by the way, I would have done too (laughs) because he was ridiculous. And now Boogie's hurt. Yes. Now Boogie's not there and the depth isn't there. Just find it real interesting. Sean Livingston's quite a bit older than he was when he first came back to this team. Mm -hmm. Okay? They don't have the depth they used to. Now, they should be able to get past the Clippers. And again, like this is me saying the Warriors are in trouble, but like, watch, they're going to probably just smash. They're going to probably smash the win by 40 points against the Clippers and then beat the Rockets. That's yeah. probably what will end up happening. But it just makes you encouraged that maybe something we didn't see before is going to happen. LeBron didn't make the playoffs. And in the first round, the Warriors are going to game six. Haven't seen that in a long it's time. It's been a while. It's been a while. Haven't seen that since the Mark Jackson days. Yeah. Ooh, Mark Jackson. Heard that name. And uh, speaking of the Houston Rockets, uh, currently lying in wait for winner of the Golden State Series. 
Should be Golden State. Can't see it being LA, but hey. I can't. But hey. If if next week, if if when we record this fine podcast next week and the Golden State Warriors are not in the second round playing the Houston Rockets, there will be a conversation. It'll show that there was fr- there is friction. There is friction in the room. I don't care what anybody says. But it'll show that there's, there's a big, some there's some there's a big riff in that room. Draymond. Yeah. And it'll make KD. and it'll make Katie's exit actually that much easier. Yeah. His exit to Brooklyn. Calling it now. Oh, he's going to go to the other team in New York because nobody wants to play for the Nets. That would be. Because oh, oh, I told you they're not getting. They're not getting Zion. <laughs> they're not getting Zion. I'm telling you now. Uh, On to the Eastern Conference. A little more cut and dry in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, this one went about as this, everyone expected. Uh, Milwaukee decimated the Detroit Pistons. Not really surprised. No. Uh, Blake Griffin was playing hurt. He's about Kudos. to have surgery on his knee. About to have surgery. Kudos to him for God playing. bless him. In a, an elimination game for just mustering up the courage to be out there. You don't see that a lot from basketball players. They sort of, especially in an elimination game, like when they're down three nothing. Say, like, yeah, I'm done. Or you know, like, and I love Demar Derozan. Or you foul out. Yeah, you foul out. But your he last stayed player in. ever as a Raptor. Just yeah. pointing that out. And then uh, he stayed after his press conference and shook all the press conference, uh, sorry, all the reporters' hands. Blake seems like a Cla- genuinely good class, guy. It's classic. Good Oklahoma boy. <laughs> Good Oklahoma boy. But uh, the Bucks will match up against the Boston Celtics, who also swept their series against the Indiana Pacers, who don't, who didn't have Victor Oladipo, and it really showed in this series. But then the Celtics had a lot of issues going into the series. They yeah. lost Marcus Smart, too, mm-hmm. their best their best guard defender, although mm-hmm. Smart can guard a lot of different positions. But he's essentially going to lock down one of the guards on the other team. He's gone. But, oh, God, Jason. Jason. Gordon Hayward looks like Gordon Hayward again. That's a scary thought. Yeah, it's a little scary. And you got Kyrie in the playoffs. That you Boston probably, team. You is... probably have the second best coach in Brad Stevens, next to Pop. Yeah, probably the best second yeah. best coach in the NBA right now. So Kerr can sit like uh, I know a lot of people look at Kerr and they're just like, well, it's the Warriors. To be able to make sure that team hasn't torn itself apart yet is kind of hard to do. That's because he played with Jordan's Bulls. Well, like he knows it's a unique it's a unique perspective for him. He, he really was the perfect person for yeah. that because he was also a guy who shot a lot of three. Like everything about Kerr in that situation was perfect, but it's not as easy as I think a lot of people make it out to be. I mean, it could have been Mark Jackson, as you saw. Look or, at the difference. Look at look at the difference. Or hang on, Luke Walton. <laughs> Luke Walton's got some other issues yeah, now. He's got some if big you're issues. hearing about the. the Sexual assault allegations. Like Luke Walton's got some fucking issues. He's gonna have to sort out now. Yeah. It's gonna be rough for him. Yeah. Uh, who do you think is gonna win this series? Do you think it's Boston too? Do you have? I have this bad, bad. It's it's you it's a it Raptors bad. thing. It's a Raptors thing. I have a bad feeling that it's gonna be Toronto and Boston in the Eastern Conference Final, oh. like everyone thought it was gonna be. But Boston's gonna actually start playing the way they were supposed to. And it's it could be a war. I have the, I just don't ask me why, but I just have this feeling. Yeah, this comes from feeling. Yeah, like it just it it, it, the, it doesn't. It's not pal- a good one. Yeah. It's not a good. It's in the pit of my. It's it's uncomfortable. I understand why. I understand why. Um, Philadelphia. After falling, Philadelphia and Toronto, but after falling both in their first games, did what both teams should did do. what both teams we'll should do. We'll get to the Raptors in a second. That was very awesome. 76ers 
eliminating the Brooklyn Nets. Jared Should Dudley. Be, by the way. Jared Dudley, why'd you open your mouth? Because <laughs> Why'd you open your mouth? Why? You won that game. You won that game. And then you know what you did? You know what you did? You woke a dragon. Exactly. Yeah. And then you know what Ben Simmons did? Embarrassed you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 76ers were going to win this series. Yeah. Let's be honest. The Bro- Brooklyn is a team that's Starting to starting to go into the right direction. And, and considering that they traded all of their picks away, like the fact that this front office is able to put together a young, exciting, fun-to-watch team, <laughs> even though they haven't had any of their own draft picks, Boston. <laughs> Boston. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. No, D'Angelo amazing. Russell had a great, an yeah. unbelievable season. He looked like he was dead, basically, after the whole Snapchat thing, yeah. exposing Nick Young, breaking up his marriage. Yeah. Although Nick Young, after, probably would have done a pretty good job breaking that up himself, yeah. considering how Nick Young has gone yeah. post-incident. But, again, it's, uh, Jared Allen looks phenomenal yeah. as a center. Like they got a lot of interesting good mm-hmm. things going on yeah. for I the think, Nets. I, I think they're going to try and lure, I tell you. Oh, like, they're going to go hard. Go, they got two <laughs> max slots. Yeah, If they land Kevin Durant. you Look, Kevin, you know what? You don't want to deal with the New York, New York media. Come here to Brooklyn. It's a little less hectic. You get the Mets media. They don't even the care. Met- <laughs> All right, Flushing's just Mets. a train ride away. It'll be fine. It's fine. <laughs> but if they manage to, I, 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 I'm dark horse is the Brooklyn Nets to land Kevin Durant, the other New York team. Because wouldn't that be something? The other New York oh, team. Man. Right in uh, so what good. the hell's the guy's name's face? James Dolan. Oh, right in his face. Would be so Loses good. the draft lottery. And loses out on Kevin Durant. I hope that happens that way. How's it going to work out? No, even though that would involve like the Raptors having to, he'd be in the division. No frozen envelope is happening. I hope not. Sorry, not not. happening. On to the Raptors after an embarrassing. We talked about embarrassing game one where Kyle Lowry was invisible, missed everything. Uh, They decided that. Well, remember when I said they should win every other game by thirty points, or else I'd be angry. They won one game by like 29, but they won almost every other game by 30. They embarrassed. Yeah. Embarrassed the Orlando Magic, as they should. As they should. They're a better team than the Orlando Magic. They have more superstars than the Orlando Magic. And the Orlando Magic just, they're a good young team. Yep. Aaron Gordon's starting to come into his own. They still have Terrence Ross on the roster, which they'll probably have to address on the offseason, get rid of him. But they're a good young team, good young center. I forget the guy's name now. Well, Vucev- they got Vucevic. Vucevic, that's it. Vucevic. They got Vucevic, who finally lived up to what everyone thought he was going to live up to like 10 years ago. Uh, Jonathan Isaac's an interesting player. They got some nice pieces. Yeah. Aaron Gordon. They, they got nice pieces. They're building. They're on their way. I think we're going to start seeing the East start to become oh, a little yeah. bit more competitive in a few more years as these teams, like these, like Indiana's a good team. Yep. And Brooklyn's a good young team. And Orlando's a good young team. And Detroit's kind of got some pieces. And there are things happening, and the East is slowly going to start to become that tough You're going to start to see the switch. Okay. Where the East starts to get good as wow. the West is getting older. Yeah. That's just transition of that's the NBA. Exactly. It's the way it works. Um, the way it works in all sports is the is the there's always one one conference mm-hmm. has power, and then as they win all yeah. the time and don't have all the best draft picks, yeah. the conference that does mm-hmm. builds back up. Yeah. Uh, Philly. Raptors, we're both thinking the Raps. I'm assuming. I think here. it's the Raps. I don't even think this. I don't think it goes seven. I think it'll be a six game series. Yeah, I think. I think. Uh, I think Raps si- and six. I, I think Raps and six. I think the fact that Embiid is hurt. Exactly. And Embiid's hurt. And 
Tobias cool. Harris never yeah. really got fully worked into the team, which is a big, big thing. Jimmy Butler knows where he fits. Ben Simmons knows where he fits. Those guys all know where they fit. Yeah. But when I look at this, it's like, okay, you got Joel Embiid and he's a little bit banged up. It's like, you know who the perfect combo of people I would want to guard him would be? Marcus Gasol yeah. and Serge Ibaka. Oh, and you have Pascal Siakam. Okay, bye, Tobias Harris. That's he can cancel that out. Yeah, yeah. Like you, well, uh, Jimmy Butler. Like Jimmy Butler. You got Kawhi Leonard. You have Danny Green. And okay, you know what? You can have Kyle Lowry guard JJ Redick. Perfect. And you know what? Kyle Lowry can guard JJ Redick. Yeah, because it's JJ Redick. Yeah, yeah. Like you're you're set up perfectly to to kind of neutralize their starters, mm-hmm. and they have no one on the bench. They have Mike Scott, Mike Scott, and Mike Muscala. Yeah, exactly. All yeah, right. On to the NHL's playoffs. Do we um, have to? Can we just? It was, it no. was, you know what? It was. Uh, it was great this week. It was awesome. Steven's Until upset. next time, this is the last word podcast. <laughs> Steven's upset, but you know what? I'm going to make Stephen Lyon wait a little bit more. Oh, you just a little bit more. Um, just for, let me sit here well, and just yeah. Boil first, over. We'll start off in the Western Conference. Uh, the Dallas Stars defeating the Nashville Predators. Um, Nashville starting to have descended every season since they made their way to the cup mm-hmm. last year's second round elimination this year first round elimination they keep pushing all in yeah and they keep adding offense because the defense is there and they can't score yeah. there's some like issues they, like going Pecorini on right now is not the goalie he once was nope uc sorrows he hasn't grabbed the mantle like yeah they so and dallas kyle played, turris has yeah. been atrocious I know. dallas played good defense dallas, oh yeah dallas played they and, locked that down yeah. and Miro Heskinen. Coming come to his own. Yeah, that's the youngest defenseman in the series. Yep. And considering how much uh, money the Nashville Predators pay out to their blue line, that kid might have outplayed them all. I think he did. I think the Dallas Stars, as a unit, outplayed this Nashville team. And then how perfect was it that another Dallas defenseman ended the series? Oh, Mr. Perfect. John Klimberg. Just Perfect. It just it's, they're they're built on the defense. They're they're strong on the back end. They're they're brought, ju- they were just as strong as this Nashville team, and they play better defense. Yep, they've 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 adapted. And they didn't have the forward yeah. depth. They've managed to buy everybody into this. They're going to play solid defense. We're going to score goals. We're going to be opportunistic, and we're going to get goals. Jim Montgomery, I believe it's Jim, right? Yeah, the coach. Yeah, the job he's done with that team that used to be a one line team that played fucking. Yeah. Firewagon hockey. Like, let's go let's up go. and down. Five. We're going to score five. You're we're going to win five, four, six, five. That's how we're going to yeah. do this. You know, like, let's go, baby. To completely change that team with not very many personnel changes at all. No. Into a button down defensive juggernaut with Ben Bishop. Just if he can stay healthy, yeah. knock on all the wood if you're. Yeah, knock on all the wood. If you're ben a Stars Bishop. fan. Yeah, knock on all the wood, Ben Bishop. Angelo has some. Some fantasy issues with Mr. Yeah. Ben Bishop. A, f- a, a few issues, Stephen, but we're not going to talk about it because it never happened. <laughs> All, right. All right. Nothing happened. But this Stars team is a good hockey team. They play good defense. And I said this when we did our preview of this series that Dallas can push this series because they play good defense. And this uh, the offense of the, the Nashville Predators is just... It's, it's unexplainably bad when you yeah. look at, at like the people that they have they've only gotten better and they seem to get worse exactly it doesn't make it, any sense yeah it's it's a strange strange thing happening in nashville and maybe they're gonna give it one more go but 
there could be change. Like it's change could be coming. There's and some interesting things that could happen there. Yeah. Like they'll run it back, I guess, one more time. I guess PK's name's been out there too. Like yeah. there's been a lot of guys they've been trying to shop. That makes me happy. A lot of interesting things. It makes me happy. But uh, Dallas moving on to the next round of the playoffs and awaiting them is the St. Louis Blues with Jordan Bennington coming off their victory. The only series I got right. The only series that you Stephen got right. Mind you, a lot of people got everything wrong. We can rip some brackets up. Uh, That's why why the NHL is doing a second chance bracket because Uh, everybody got those wrong. But the uh, St. Louis Blues came away. Um, with a victory over the Winnipeg Jets. I think what the nail... What a series, the, It too. was a fantastic back and forth. Two games, two games. Like In terms of entertainment, that was insane. This was probably one of the best series. I think what killed Winnipeg was game five when they gave up the goal with like... Yeah. What was it, like eight sets? No time you left don't reco- You do not recover from that. The next game, you're so... It, you're deflated there's from the it. There's the what if. Like, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of... Like, you start getting players into their head, and when people start thinking too... Like, bad things start to happen. Yeah. Uh, this series with Dallas and St. Louis is going to be a very interesting one. St. Louis, we we've talked about is how they've kind of pushed they they've pushed the chips. They did this lot back in last yeah. off season when they acquired Ryan O'Reilly. They pushed their chips into the middle of the table and said, "We're going for it. We have no choice." And at the start of the season, oh, this bad. team did not look good. They were dead last yeah. at one point. Like Jake Allen was like we, like we talked about. Me and Stephen have talked about Jake Allen off the year so many times because he was one of my goalies. And then Jordan Bennington sort of just caught called up, looked like a decent backup. And it's and like then, here's a guy that's been in a bunch of different organizations. Yeah. Like he's it's like he's a guy. Special. He's like he's Cam a guy. Ward. It reminds me of Cam Ward. Cam Ward was younger though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Jordan Bennington, like he's just just a guy. He's a guy. But he's a guy that's who's who's played with nothing to lose. No. And he's carried the St. Louis team because without him, phenomenal. they would not be here. Okay, they'd, no, they not would have been knocked out of this. That this first is a team run. that had everything but goaltending yeah. for years, and now it seems that they've found the goalie. We'll see what happens next year with Jordan Bennington. But for well, right we'll even now, see this year. Yeah. Yeah. We, we like rookie this, goalies get this, get on. Remember the Hamburglar, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to point out yeah. that Andrew Hammond was a thing. Yeah, the Habs ended that Hamburglar streak very nicely. I might add, <laughs> but this that's that's what held me back from picking St. Louis. Wasn't the depth because both teams were were very good depth wise forwards and defense they were really really good. It was the goal goaltending and that's why I ended up picking Winnipeg. But Jordy Minnington played better than Connor Hellebach. Yeah, and yeah. at the end of the day, that's what say, that's what ended up being the deciding factor in the series. Now in this series, it's going to be a lot harder. It's going to be like in the playoffs, everything gets ever as the rounds go on, everything gets tighter. There's a lot less space. Let's get called. Shit gets real. Shit gets real. Like the, and, it's, it turns into a, a street fight. And if I'm looking at it, like I'm gonna ride with St. Louis. Yeah, I'm gonna like St. Louis. They've also been playing desperate. Yeah, for a long time. And when you have a team that plays desperate for a long time, we've seen it a lot. The Eastern Conference mm-hmm. series, and even some of these Western Conference series. You play better hockey come because you you're already adjusted. Your mind's already adjusted to the playoff mode. And for these two teams, they're already adjusted to the playoff mode, especially, especially St. Louis, because they they were dead last, and now now a chance to go to the Western Conference Finals. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick St. Louis. I don't think it's gonna be an easy series. No, this God, is seven no. games, automatic. Put it on the put it on the board. St. Louis, Dallas, seven this games. This one is gonna be yeah. game seven. Will probably go to overtime too, because oh, it'll be a defensive struggle. 
That's I could see it too, just because yeah. of the way these teams are set up. Mm-hmm. The way, like, oh man, yeah. it's going to be fun. Yeah, on be a lot of fun. onto the Pacific Division, uh, oh. the Colorado Avalanche, oh. the other wild card team, upsetting the Calgary Flames, knocking off another number one seeded division winner, Nathan McKinnon, just out here, coming to his coming into his own. If last year his whole like fight to get into the Hart Trophy, if that wasn't you know, if that didn't draw your attention, this should have. <laughs> oh, he all- grabbed everyone, pulled them real close. He all played. He all played at the top line of the Calgary Flames. They dumb. Yeah. They, they kicked Monahan, Goudreau, and Lindholm. Were invisible in the series. Yeah. Goudreau had one point, I think. Yeah, and mm. I know they broke that line. The, the they broke the Ranton and Landeskog, uh, McKinnon line mm. up at times. They weren't all playing together. But oh my god, all of those guys kept it rolling from the regular season into the playoffs and just dominated. Led by Nathan McKinnon. And what did we talk about? The Calgary Flames. Goaltending, baby. Now, you know, there was a couple of games where Mike Smith, you know, it wasn't his fault. It wasn't the goalie's fault. No. It was the rest of the Flames. But wasn't great. You know, again, a couple of games. I think there's one we had 50 saves. I think so. But still, there were issues with Calgary. We talked about the issues with Calgary. We talked about how they had slumped a little bit going into the playoffs. And it wasn't Simeon Varlamov. Philip Grubauer. The unsung hero. And Boy, did he look a lot better this year than he did last year when he got to start mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Maybe got some experience. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. This was this was a bit of a shocker. Not the biggest shocker, but a big shocker, I would say. You know, everyone expected sort of Calgary. This they were a lot of teams' cup favorites. Oh, they, it was Calgary and Tampa were supposed to just roll yeah. for a while. Like these were the number one and two overall seeds, mm-hmm. the number one Western seed, the number one Eastern seed. These were the best teams. They were supposed to at least get to the second round. Four-one, mm-hmm. they were eliminated in four in five games. Nobody saw this coming. I don't no. care what anybody says. Uh, and they were actually waiting on another series that looked like it was dead in the water. Yep. But then the Las Vegas Golden Knights went and blew a 3-1 series lead. And not just a 3-1 series lead. A 3-0 lead in Game 7. Now, what led to them blowing that lead? First off, I hope Joe Pavelski's okay. Yes. Because that was ugly. It was ugly. Bleeding out of his head. Like, it, it... it was. It was. I think the best way to put it is, it was. You know, it was unfortunate. Mm-hmm. You never want to see something like that happen. But I don't even know if that's a two-minute cross-checking penalty because the one that hurts him isn't the Eakin cross-check. Yeah. I believe it was uh, Stastny. It was Stastny because they had two centers out there for the face-off. Because it was the penalty. Stastny's just trying to fight through. Like he, mm-hmm. he's not doing anything malicious, and apparently. Those guys are actually really good friends. They played on the American national team yeah. together. Apparently, they, like they're no very and close. And he didn't do anything nasty. Nasty's not that type of player. No, anyway. and all he was doing the cross check put Pavelski off balance, 
And all Stastny's yeah. doing is what any other because he's a winger at that point. He's not taking the face off. He's going to the. He's You're going gonna to the fight wing. through and get to the defenseman. That after Joe Pavelski won the face off, and it it just happens that he got knocked off balance, mm. and that fight through led to him falling. And again, we hope he's okay because the shot of his head hitting the ice yeah. and then the blood coming out of his helmet, like that's some scary shit. But that's not even a two-minute penalty. Maybe in the regular season, maybe that's two minutes for cross-checking. Yeah. Maybe. But in the playoffs, yeah. that's not even a penalty. And they call a five-minute major uh, the reason now the reason for the five the uh, I believe the reason for the five minute major was because of the injury and but here's the thing but though. it's and and this is the thing like the ref the referee's put in a tough position but he said to Gerard Gallant and here's here's the best part and he says to Gerard Gallant that Eakin cross checked him in the mouth except now, if you were watching that series yeah. you realized that Joe Pavelski. Was wearing the full face guard. He was only had he only had it covering his mouth. He only had the part of the and he, he already wears a visor. It was so, impossible to cross check him in no. the teeth. Yeah, because it was covered. Yeah, they didn't see it. They reacted to the yeah. injury and made a call based on mm-hmm. not the incident that they saw, but what transpired from it based on the result yeah. exactly. And now, you can't do that. Now, the thing is, this is probably. Like, the five-minute penalty is probably a non-factor if they don't score four goals on it. And that, see, that's the thing. That's another thing I, I would like to point out. They did allow four goals on a power play. Yeah, they allowed, and it was it was the, the boom, first boom. one happened like Couture th- scored less than ten seconds in. Yeah, and at that point, it might have been exactly ten and, seconds and in. Actually, wa- and we've watched Couture's reaction oh, after yeah. goal one. And he literally, when he scored, he's at the bench. He's like, that's one. You can see him literally mouthing, that's one, boys. He's got one finger yeah. on his glove pointed and let's go. And yeah. he's fist pumping and getting pumped. Yeah. And they just, they kept rolling and they and, and Vegas couldn't stop him. Four, you give a four power play goals. Okay. How many times in this, in this season? One. This is not, you're not playing NHL not 19. Not this season. Not even this season. Ange, can you even think no. of a time that this, more than two? In no. a five-minute pass. More than two. I, mean, I can't even watch the Habs score two in a fucking week. <laughs> These guys scored four in five minutes. It was bad. And the fact that it was home ice, like the place is rocking and it's going. everyone's going insane. The Shark Tank, yeah. It went, in, it went bonkers. And, and Gerard Gallant maybe should have called a timeout. He didn't. But they ended up giving up the three-goal lead. They gave four. Now, they score late. They and score then, 30 And then they seconds. force it to overtime. Force it to overtime. And... And then it's back and forth. Chances are happening. Lots of opportunities for the Vegas Golden Knights to seal the game. Make them everybody forget about that bad penalty that was called. But then Eric Carlson becomes the X factor that he was brought in to be. He creates that play that ends up setting Barkley Goudreau up for the OT winner, the series winner. And, okay, yes, it's a bad call. I get that. But what about game five? Yep. And what about game six on your own home ice? Yes, yep. you did outplay the San Jose Sharks in game six. You were skating all over, and Martin Jones came to play. Mm-hmm. He gave San Jose a chance to go to game seven. But you blew the 3-1 lead. Then you blew the 3-0 lead. And you lost it in overtime. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, the penalty is the bad. It looks bad because it gave them the spark that they kind of needed. But you still blew the lead. Exactly. <laughs> it's sort of like the Saints. You got cute. Yep. You could have just ran the ball, kicked the field goal with 30 seconds to go. It could have never gotten to that and point. And it could have never gotten to that point. But unfortunately, it did. And now Vegas is out. Kind of happy. They need to know what suffering is like down in Vegas. It's not easy. It's not cup finals every year. I'm sorry. That's not how this works. There are fan bases that don't even see the cup finals in their lifetime. Yeah. But we won't talk about them just yet. This series, San Jose, uh, Colorado, will be interesting. It, The speed of Colorado is going to be interesting because, really, there was only one line going for, for San Jose, and it was the Couture and Timo Meyer and Evander Kane line. That, that was the only line that could keep up. Yeah. This is a little different, this series, because really there is only one line in, in Colorado. Yeah. So if I'm now if, unless they break them up, but then if they break them up, you might like San Jose might be able to deal with that a little <laughs> easier. So it's gonna be interesting to see how this one gets set up. I'm gonna ride with, with San Jose in this series. I I'm gonna ride with San Jose just because I want to see Jumbo yeah, Joe. Yeah, you're on the Jumbo Joe. I'm saying six games. I think six games is fair. It's good, it's a good, it's a good benchmark for this for this Colorado team. By the way, let's not forget they also own the fourth overall pick in this upcoming draft. Mm-hmm. So they're just gonna add to this team already. Thank you, Ottawa. One quick thing I'd just like to point out about San Jose. Might be nothing. Might be something though. Last year we saw a team that had a long history of playoff failures finally get over the And I know Aaron Dell didn't start this like Philip Grubauer did. Brayden Holpe's season looked bad. And Martin Jones's season it was really bad. And then what happened later in that series? They came back from a 2-0 deficit. And how good did Martin Jones look, especially in games 5 and 6? Very good. Washington was also up. Or they were down 2-0. Mm-hmm. Columbus hits a post that could have made it 3-0. When teams win Stanley Cups, things happen. You need to get a break. You need a break. The strange things yeah. happen. You maybe win when you aren't supposed to. Maybe you load it up, but Eric Carlson's hurt, and different guys don't look as good, and, and your goalie's struggling, and then you get over a series like this. Now, it could be nothing. i just like to point that out as this well, continues. You know, you, you bookmark the page, you fold it, and Just we, remember. And who knows? Because now, if they lose in the second round, it's, it never happened. It never happened. But if they keep going... Then we go back to that bookmark page, we fold it back up, and we just keep reading the book. That's all you do. Mm -hmm. That's all you do. Mm -hmm. On to the Eastern Conference. We will start in the Metropolitan. (laughs) You're saving this for dead last. Oh, I have to. It's the best. Um, We'll start with the, we talked about the New York Islanders, I think. The day eliminate, by the time we did the podcast last week, they eliminated the Pittsburgh Penguins. They swept them. They did. They did. I think so. Yeah, they had. So I think we did the what the fuck happened. What the hell's going on here? Well, the New York Islanders. They either did or it was 3 nothing, and it was about to happen. It was about to happen. So the New York Islanders. No, they did because I remember talking about Robin Leonard and how great of a story it was. Yes, that's right. So the New York Islanders lying in wait for the winner of the Washington and Carolina series, potentially matching up. The Barry Trotz Revenge Series. But no. But no. Because. A bunch of jerks in Carolina. A bunch of jerks in Carolina. By the way, I, I like their new celebration where they literally just went to the blue line and they raised their sticks. Oh, they said at the end of the season One, that the, the storm surge was done and for the two, playoffs. And I'm okay with that. I'm not a big fan of the story. It kind of got hokey at the end. I, don't really I was care. tired of it. I really but anyways, don't care. The Carolina Hurricanes. 
upsetting the defend the reigning defending Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals in seven games in their in Washington's own arena. Good thing they won that cup because uh, this sounds familiar. Yeah, this is a familiar went to game seven reoccurrence at home lost. Yeah, they are they've they've lost a lot of game sevens. Just the history of losing game sevens. And they lost in overtime to Carolina, who basically was on life support. Mm-hmm. They gave up a couple of goals very early. Ovechkin broke Sveshnikov, yeah. which might have actually turned the series, by the way. I think it did. I think I think I think at that moment it kind of changed the series because it was two nothing. Washington looked like it was gonna fly through this series. Maybe give Carolina one home game. And no. And then Ovi knocks out Svechnikov and they lose five nothing. Carolina is in this. It's amazing looking rally a team. You see, rally Carolina. Uh, <laughs> see what I did there? Ah, did it. But uh, the Carolina Hurricanes upsetting the, the Washington Capitals is it adds more bizarreness to that this year's Stanley Cup. Oh, that's finals. right, because we talked about Tampa too. Like we, we talked, talked about, about that Tampa, sweep, which like, was just it's so bizarre that this this Carolina team that fought. With Montreal and Columbus to get into the playoffs, made it takes the defending Stanley Cup champions, who nobody gave him a lot of op- no one gave him a oh chance. Oh God, no! Okay, he thought, okay, maybe five games, maybe six, give him a couple games. Maybe they went, they surprised, and they hung with them, they stuck with them. Peter Morazic played like a goalie that was drafted by the Detroit Red Wings to be a eventual successor to Jimmy Howard. Mm-hmm. Rod Brindamore coached his ass off. Oh hell yeah! This Jacob Slavin has come into his own as a defenseman. He's ridiculous. Okay, they he have is ridiculous. Brett Pesci's looking like a really nice little piece there. You still have Justin Falk. Dougie, Dougie Hamilton's Hamilton. a stud. Like they're a tough team to play, and going against this Islander team is a difficult matchup because they just beat the Washington Capitals, the juggernaut, the, a lot of people's favorites to go back to the Stanley Cup Finals. And they ousted them in the first round. They beat them at home. Now the funny thing is too, and you got a you got a rested New York Islanders team, but yeah, Carolina's not rested, but they're riding one hell of a high. Yeah. Well, they were fired up last. And night. We've seen we've seen teams that have swept before get caught a little bit off guard by the team riding the wave of momentum. Yeah. I think I think there is something to the momentum, and I believe there is something to the fact that they were waiting, and this New York team having to wait a week to play. Is very very it 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 puts be they, worried yeah be worried just like Columbus should be worried because they they like they swept last Tuesday mm-hmm. they've been waiting they're having to do practice scrimmages or whatever they want to call a simulated game to try and get the the mo- the momentum back up and when you're lying and wait it hurts your team yeah and these are all reasons that add to why I'm angry but. You know, Columbus was lying in wait for the winner of the Toronto Maple Leafs and Boston Bruins series. Yeah. Hang on. Hold on. Steven's like a, a raging bull right now. I'm trying to like tame him, keep him like within the pen. Like like you know, like the clown. Like I'm gonna jump in the the, mm-hmm. the drum and hide. Oh, I know. So I'm going to shut my microphone off. I'm going to let Steven vent. And then I will add to everything, and uh, microphone's going off now. So the Toronto Maple Leafs lost again 
to the Boston Bruins in seven games in Boston. And I got some problems with that. Number one, funny that this is episode 43, considering a number 43 for the Leafs, did the si- 363 days. You might wonder what that is. That's a year and a day. And that's also the amount of time in between Nazem Kadri's playoff suspensions. Because last year, in game two, he got suspended for three games for being an idiot. Fast forward 363 days forward. The Leafs win game one. They're up one nothing, And they proceed to get embarrassed in Boston in one of the worst officiated games I've ever seen. But specifically, Nazem Kadri got suspended for the rest of the series for cross-checking Jake DeBrusque in the face because DeBrusque ran Patrick Marlowe into the stanchion. Now I know what a lot of people thought. Oh, he's sticking up for a teammate. He's the only one on the Leafs that has some pushback. No. No, 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 no. That wasn't sticking up for a teammate. That was selfish. Jake DeBrusque need Nazem Kadri earlier in the game. Should have been a penalty. Wasn't, because that game was a joke. So what did Naz do? Took his fifth headshot suspension because he was being selfish. That changed some things. Now for the Leafs, your third line center is gone. Depth, your only real advantage in this series is now gone. And that's where I get to the other person I have some serious issues with after the end of this series. Mike Babcock. Now I know. I'm angry. He's not going to get fired. At this point, I'd love to see his head roll, but it's not going to happen. Both assistants better be fired. What DJ Smith on the penalty kill in this series That was unacceptable. It took you until game seven to realize that you need a center taking face-offs against Patrice Bergeron, who might be one of the best, no, who is the best two-way center in the NHL right now and one of the best in the history of this league. It took you till game seven to realize maybe one of our wingers shouldn't be taking face-offs against him. The Leafs' power play. That's Jim Hiller's job. That team has too much skill on that power play for it to be that bad. You're gone. So Babs is going to be here. He's going to have a couple of new assistants. But let's get to Mike Babcock. Let's get to the big issues with Mike Babcock. Mike has a couple of toys that he really likes. He generally likes big guys. Frederick Gauthier. He's six foot five. He's almost 240 pounds, but he is not an NHL player. Yet in game seven, trailing the whole way, Frederick Gauthier almost played nine minutes of ice time. Nine. 
when your other centers in that game are John Tavares, Austin Matthews, and William Nylander. What are you doing? Worst case scenario, you play them all 20 minutes apiece if you fucking have to, Mike. It's not rocket science. But let's go to William Nylander's line mates. Patrick Marlowe, who for the last four to six months has looked like he has finally lost to Father Time, who is undefeated. And Connor Brown, God love you, scored 20 goals as a rookie. He had six this year, I believe. And neither of them did anything offensively. But Mike decided that instead of taking Trevor Moore, who is one of their best forwards, and that's embarrassing to say, because he's a fourth liner. And Tyler Ennis, who is a healthy scratch until Nazem Kadri decided to do something stupid. Those two players were exponentially better than Marlowe and Brown for the entirety of the playoffs. And it took until there was six and a half minutes left in Game 7 for Mike Babcock to realize, you know, maybe I put them on a line with William Nylander when I need a fucking goal. And let's get to Austin Matthews now. Mike, did you enjoy flying down to Scottsdale for that little meeting you had last year about how you did not use him properly? Now, you had to go to his home turf, too. It's not like you had this meeting in Toronto or out in the prairies out in fucking Saskatchewan, wherever Mike lives. No, Mike. You flew down to Arizona because you were in the wrong to tell your franchise that you would use him more. And in the third period, Austin Matthews got six and a half minutes. For a grand total of 18 and a half minutes. Why, Mike? Do you not learn? I don't know. You're trailing the whole time. Maybe you take the kid who has more goals at five on five than anyone else in the history of the NHL to this point in their career, and you put him on the ice on five on five and maybe you'll score a goal but no Mike I had to see a lot more of Frederick Gauthier I had to watch Patrick Marlowe God love Zach Hyman we just found out he played 18 and a half minutes on a torn ACL he played as many minutes as Austin Matthews on a torn ACL he's not getting fired As much as I'm angry, he's not an idiot either. He's stubborn. Because you know he knew that it was the right thing to do to put Moore and Ennis on Nylander's wing. He just waited to the last possible minute to do it. So Babs isn't getting fired. He'll be back. But he better learn. Because if this happens again, he's gone. If he refuses to learn from this, he better be gone. And while I'm incredibly angry at Nazem Kadri, in a salary cap world, 
You cannot take a 28-year-old, 30-goal scorer who can consistently put up 60 points, who signed for three more years at $4.5 million, and plays with a bit of an edge. You don't give that away because that's not easy to find. But I can't trust you're not going to do that again. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you, and you don't get a third fucking chance. Changes are coming this offseason. It's going to be hard to afford everybody. They're going to get more expensive and potentially less talented. Now they have a chance to win because this team is too goddamn good to miss the playoffs. And if that happens, you think I'm mad now. Oh, we'll have some questions for some people. Now it's up to Kyle Dubas. You talk to your head coach, and you get him on the right page. You fire his assistants, and you replace them for him. He doesn't get to pick. You're also the one putting the team in front of him. Now, granted, personally, I know we've talked about this all the time, and it sounds like all I want is skill. I enjoy big hits, good defensive plays. I like that in hockey. So a little bit of what Mike Babcock wants, I understand. But Kyle... If you continue to give him square pegs that he tries to force into round holes, rectify the situation. So it's over. And most of these guys are coming back next year. Hell, Ron Hainsey's a free agent, and after watching Ron down the stretch and in the playoffs, I actually thought to myself... If you're willing to take a little bit of a haircut, I'll take you back. I've been very vocal in how much I don't like Ron Hainsey playing on the top pairing. He wasn't actually the issue this time. This needs to be fixed. This doesn't need to be rebuilt. That's over. And I know Mike said there was pain coming. But not in the first round, Mike. I'd also like to remind Mike Babcock that he hasn't won a playoff series since Nick Lindstrom retired. And while he might have a gold medal, this is the NHL, Mike. This isn't Team Canada. You don't get four first lines that you get to roll evenly. You don't get your pick out of the best defenseman in the league where you can send people home because you don't like them. P.K. Subban. You make arguments to pay the best based on handedness, not the best player available. But it's Team Canada. So even though you might want a lefty over a righty, that lefty's probably going to be good enough that it doesn't really matter anyways. This is the NHL, Mike. And this is the salary cap NHL. You don't get a perfect team. If I hear one more, you go get Jake Muzzin, and I have to hear that again of the, well, it's not perfect, but you know, we'll make it work. 
he's a lefty and, you know, we wanted a right-handed D-man, but we'll make it work. No, you will make it work, Mike, because there's too much goddamn talent on this team to lose in the first round again. Fix it. Only It's only game. Why you have to be mad? Because I am, Briz. That's why. <laughs> I've been waiting to play that for 10 fucking minutes. You don't know who that was? That's Ilya Brugalov. I think that's his rookie season, too, because he looks really young. He was young. Um, my thoughts on this series? Game six, the Leafs left their poor goalie, hung out the dryer. Only getting eight or nine, six and nine shots in three periods of play. And poor Anderson trying to will them. Try. His darndest. And, and then, for anyone who's and then going in, to blame this on Frederick Anderson, yes, that first goal in Game 7 can't go in, and the <clears> third goal in Game 7 can't go in, but you don't get to Game 7 without him. That's what I mean, and that, and that was what I was getting to. It's, it, it's hard to blame him. You can blame him last year for Game 7's loss, but this year he kept, this, in, in a lot of games, he kept when the Leafs didn't show up, they just couldn't get it. And I don't know why, and I don't know what it is about them in Boston. Why It's not like Boston runs over them, okay? All the games were close. Minus what? Game 7 and Game 2. Yep. I don't count the empty netter that Brad Marchand scored yep. in Game 4. It was 5-4. It was a one-goal hockey game. All the games were close. It was back and forth. And one of the X factors in this series that I thought, again, for a second year in a row, was going to be Nazem Kadri. And it wasn't. He did something stupid for a second year in a row. And I said to Steven, if the Leafs happen to get eliminated in this round, you will have seen Nazem Kadri play his last and final game as a Toronto Maple Leaf. Because you cannot have that liability on your team. There are smarter players out there that don't do stupid shit like that. Third-line players who will help the Leafs. One-year guys that they don't have to go crazy on. Fourth-line guys that they should go in. Fourth-line centers. Okay, The Leafs are, not, are, are still... They're not far from really being the true, true cup contenders. But they're, they're a, a couple of pieces away. They really do need a legit third-line center who's going to kill penalties for them. And the fact that you said it took till game seven for them to figure out to put a center, the fact that you don't have a center out there, that is the responsibility of your third and fourth line center. It's unexcusable. Okay? Philip Deneau plays the penalty kill for the Montreal Canadiens. He's part of their number one unit. Sidney Crosby plays penalty kill for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, and you know who paid penalty kill in game seven? John Tavares. It took this coaching staff six games to realize that. Now, remember Toronto, you wanted Mike Babcock. You wanted a guy who had only won one Stanley Cup, who had only been out of the first round after that no times. Now, he had to play Chicago a lot, which kind of sucked. But this is what Leaf Nation wanted. This is what a lot of people in the organization wanted. They wanted who they viewed was the best head coach in the NHL. Now he's here for f three more years? 
Yep. Technically on his contract? At the end of next season, he will have three seasons left. Okay. At the end of next season. Now, money is not an object for the Toronto Maple Leafs, so they can pay problems to go away because head coaches don't count on the salary cap, so it kind of helps. But to have this talent, okay, to be gifted John Tavares, okay, for him to say, I want to come play for the Toronto Maple Leafs, Mm-hmm. Okay, in an elimination game, I didn't watch the second period, but I would hope that it would have rolled those guys basically every other time because that's what that's what you should be doing. Exactly. Keyword should be. No, I got to see a lot too much Frederick Gauthier, okay. Connor Brown, and it's it's and Patrick Marlowe. It's it's funny because at the start of this series, I remember you saying, "If I see insert Frederick Gauthier's name." Connor Brown, this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy. I'm going to be upset. Stephen was upset. Now, I understand his frustration. Try to talk him off the ledge. At the end of the day, the Leafs need some depth on the wing. They're, you don't need necessarily this most skilled guy. You need a guy who can come in and be a presence in the room, one Two, can be a useful third-line player slash penalty penalty killer and can sometimes fill in on the second line if there happens to be an injury to a player. The way I look at this right now is a lot like the way I look at the Raptors. Dwayne Casey was brought in to do a job. He also wasn't the GM's guy. I'd like to point that out. Yeah, Kyle Dubas was here, and Mike got hired, but that was Lou's hire, Shanahan. Actually, it was Shanahan's hire, because they hired Lou after they hired Babs. Something really interesting that was brought up, I heard yesterday, discussed on Good Show, I think it was Ben Ennis that brought it up. Mike Babcock was brought in for pain, to get rid of the blue and white disease, to get paid more than the players, to set the tone. And then Mitch Marner ended up being better than everyone thought. And so did William Nylander. And the lottery balls fell in a way that you got Austin Matthews. And you know what? There was only one real year of that pain. Then the players got better. They all make more money than Mike Babcock. And I look at it, like I mentioned, a lot like Dwayne Casey. And he took the Raptors as far as he could take them. Now granted, there's no LeBron getting in their way. There's Boston instead. And unlike LeBron, they're not changing conferences. As much as Steve would like them to. (laughs) If this is as far as Mike can get this team, it is time to hire someone else. And yeah, was Nick Nurse the sexiest name when the Raptors hired him? Would Sheldon Keefe be the sexiest name if the Leafs hired him right now? No. But maybe is that what the team needs? Maybe. Now again, I'm angry, and I want his head to roll, but I know it's not going to. I know it's most likely not going to. The only way I actually see him getting fired this season, 
Something happens behind the scenes, and in his exit interview with Kyle Dubas, something happens. He does not agree. He does not take responsibility. Something. That's the only way I see him getting fired this year. But next year, when you run it back a third time. On that old town road? Don't even. <laughs> the pot. If you roll it back a third time, because you ran it back with Dwayne Casey and DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry countless times until you couldn't anymore. And you know what you did? You traded DeMar DeRozan. Now, DeMar DeRozan, in this case, would probably be more of a John Tavares, Austin Matthews. That's not happening, but Nazem Kadri might be gone. And you brought in a different coach. And look what happened. For the first time in franchise history, you won a first-round series in five games. You also, have Kawhi, you also have Kawhi Leonard, who's oh, top three NBA player. Oh, I know. And basketball's a harder sport. And you already have Austin Matthews and or Mitch hockey's Marner. A, hockey's John a harder Tavares. sport, sorry. You already have those guys. A big decision needs to be made here. And he's probably going to survive this season. But if he continues to be stubborn and he doesn't learn, he better not survive, survive next season. Do you know what I've, I've just come to realize in all of this on April 25th of 2019? Did you think you'd be the one yelling at your head coach? No. Or I'd be the one yelling at my head coach and potential GM? I thought it'd be the other way around. Me too. I was ready for it too. Now the Leafs have talent, but they're not going to get the break that they got this year where we had all these teams go out in the first round, the Tampas and the thing and the, you know, the Washingtons and the Pittsburghs and these hard, difficult and that's teams. That's why I'm so angry, Angelo, because when I look at what's left in the Stanley Cup Finals, I'm looking at a lot of very beatable teams. All beatable And you know teams. what? Toronto's got issues. They still got issues on defense. Jake Gardner was nowhere near healthy. God bless the man, even though he had that terrible giveaway that resulted in the second goal. He isn't going to be back next year. And everyone that booed, that very quickly found out when he wasn't there for the last month of the season, how ugly that was. Now, some things better change next year. Dermot better take a step. There'll be people that are brought in or they graduate. Rasmus Sandin is playing almost 30 minutes a night for the Toronto Marlies, leading them into the, well, they're in the Western Conference in the AHL, into the Western Conference no, Final. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Makes no sense. Zero. It's the AHL. Dream's dead. But that kid's 19. I know. So to expect him to come up and do that for the Leafs is a little crazy. So they have holes but they also have so much talent that they should be able to make up for that in other areas. Deep breath, Stephen. <sighs> Exhale. You have the draft. You have free agency. The Leafs will have to address some things. Like every, like the 30 teams in the NHL that don't win the Stanley Cup. Mm -hmm. Your prediction for this Columbus and Bees series. It better be Columbus <laughs> or I'm going to break some stuff. Remember what I said about teams having to wait a long time and losing oh, momentum? Oh, I know. 
And the team having a I lot of momentum. Care. You're not going to like me very much, Stephen. Oh, I already know. Please. I already think that they're going to end up in a Stanley Cup please. final because that's the way that my fucking life please works. Please don't be mad at me for saying this, but the Boston Brewers are probably going to the Stanley Cup finals. Didn't I just say that? I'm pretty yeah. sure that's what's going to fucking happen. But you can dream. Sergei Bobrovsky can save the playoffs for the everything. Because if, if, because if the Columbus Blue Jackets do what they did to the Tampa Bay Lightning, to the Boston Bruins... Be a short series. Be a very short series. But we will see. Mm-hmm. But this is the playoffs. Anything can happen on any given night, i.e. Vegas and San Jose, i.e. the Carolina Hurricanes, the Colorado Avalanche. This has been a wild, wild NHL playoffs. Just and get Joe Thornton's cup. Yeah. That's all I care about. The now. first time all... Number one division winners. All the division winners have been eliminated in the first round. Upset in every series except for this one. That's the way the cookie crumbles, though, Stephen. It's okay. Hey, you got the Raptors. We the North. And you have Vladdy. So be happy. You have Vladdy. You have Vladdy. Yeah. Summer of Vladdy. Think of it, okay? Like, it kind of washes away the pain a little bit. A little bit. Just a little bit. But um, that'll do it for this week's podcast. Uh, Steven will hopefully not punch a wall, and maybe not me for being upset that I chose a certain walk-up or a certain intro song for episode 43. But that concludes the Last Word podcast. Had to be episode 43, too. I hope you enjoyed this wonderful podcast. Uh, if you are listening, uh, subscribe, five stars, leave us a review, let us know what you think. Uh, and until next time, I am Angela Lippa. I'm Steve Artabello. And uh, make sure you hit that old town road nice and hard because hey, you never know what can happen. <sighs> Come on, Steven, get excited! Riding on a tractor, lean all in my baby. on my baby. You can go and ask my life is a